You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. How many of you want God to speak to you? You know, I um, since since 2005, when when I came to know the Lord and I gave my life to to Jesus. Uh, the voice of God, the word of the Lord has marked my life. It's changed me. It's transformed me. So the, the, the message, the title of my message this morning is God Speaks. Would you say that with me? God Speaks. Come on, say to your other neighbor, hey, God really speaks. So, um, you know, since the beginning of time, God has spoken to his people. God has communicated with his people. God has revealed things. God has shown things to his people. It's, it's been a continuous theme throughout scripture. In fact, the very first attack of Satan against his people, his first interaction with humanity was Satan coming to Adam and Eve and saying, hey, did God really say? He came to attack what God had spoken. So why would he do that? Did God really say? If you think about it, uh, the basis of every relationship is, is the foundation is trust. So if, if um, you, can't build, you can't build a relationship if I don't trust you, if you don't trust me. So a relationship must be built upon the repetitive behavior of the two people doing what they said they would do. So if, if as I hear, as I, as, I, um, as I build relationship with my wife and, and I, I continually do what I say I would do, that relationship gets stronger and stronger. I, I think of um, um, my, my COO in my business. He's been one of my best friends forever. And um, we've been doing business together for 10 years. And I can humbly tell you that in 10 years, everything I've promised him, I've delivered. And I've, I've paid him what I said I would pay him. And in fact, I've given him more than what he expected. It's been 10 years. So now we're actually working on developing this, this business plan for this new division. And I said, dude, this, let's, this is what I see. Tell me what you see. Okay, you're going to take uh, X amount of percentage out of the profit. He's like, okay, done. Why was he able to respond like that? Because we've built a relationship. There's trust. Now, on the other hand... A few years ago, I had to work on, on my house, my front yard and my backyard. And uh, so I hired this, this contractor and, um, and it, 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 was, uh, it, it didn't go very well. But th this is what we experienced. So he would tell me, hey, you know, on Friday, you're going to have this done. So Friday would come. I'd come so excited, you know, be home just like ready, coming from work and be ready to just show me what it's Friday. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, the material didn't get here. So it's going to be two more weeks. So two weeks would come, and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, uh, uh, the, the workers, they got sick. Or I'd say, hey, where's the stone that we order? I, I gave you $19,000 for the true story. For the this, this stone, <laughs> uh, 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 I'm still healing, and I'm still processing what I went through. I said, I gave you $19,000 for the stone. Where is it? Oh, it's, it's, it's coming. It's coming. The stone never came. So what do you think happened to that relationship? It fell apart. Because, because there was no trust. Now, now, now watch this. God, there's a continual theme throughout Scripture where God is always speaking. 
The problem is that sometimes he speaks and we get impatient and the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, and we begin to question God. So the devil's really tricky though. He'll come and, and be like, hey, did God really say? And, and if you're not careful what God spoke to you, you'll begin to question it because the devil is feeding you lies. Hey, did God really say that, that you'd buy the house? Did, did God really say that you'd have that spouse that, that he promised you? Did God really say that, that you launched the business? Did God really say that, that increase would come and, and you'd be debt free? Did God really say that you'd be free from this and, and you'd overcome this addiction? Did God really say? So we give in to this, the lies of the enemy and trust is broken. But God is always speaking. God speaks. That is the foundation of our relationship with God. Is, is him speaking the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord is what leads us to action. So let's, let's just look at it for example. Adam and Eve, God spoke to them and he said, be fruitful and multiply. You shall eat of every tree of the garden, just not from the one from, uh, you know, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God spoke to them. God spoke to, to Cain. He brought judgment. God spoke to, to Noah. He said, he showed him things that would take place. He said, there's going to come the flood and judgment is coming, but you found favor in my eyes. So I want you to build the ark and I'm going to preserve your family. God spoke to Joshua. He said, hey, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you and they and, and God parted the Jordan River and they crossed on dry ground God spoke to Deborah and Gideon God spoke to David to Solomon God spoke to Joseph through dreams God spoke God spoke throughout the whole Bible Jeremiah Daniel Hosea Malachi how many of you remember and I'll open the windows of heaven over you and pour out such a blessing God is always speaking New Testament Jesus comes on the scene and he begins to preach the word of God but now Jesus is actually the Godhead He's the manifestation of God, the Son of God, the way, the truth, and the life, the resurrection and the life, the bread of life, the salt of the earth, the light of the earth. Come on, somebody. He came to speak. Jesus goes to heaven and he promises the Holy Spirit. Listen to what, is, what it says in John chapter 16. John 16 in verse 13. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He's always speaking. He goes to heaven. He sends the Holy Spirit. And now there's dreams and visions. You guys remember Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 or 9? And he has a vision, has a dream. And, and he sends for, for Peter. Peter comes who also had a vision. Because God is always speaking. How many of you are hungry for God to speak to you? It's the word of the Lord in you that leads you to action. I'm just, I'm trying to talk to some people that want the word of the Lord in their lives and want action in their life, want change in their lives. Come on, somebody. See, we live in a time and culture where we can no longer do business as usual. The, the, the amount of pressures we're encountering because of society and culture require us to have the word of the Lord in us. Cornelius, Paul, Jesus shows up to, uh, on, Paul's on the road to Damascus and he's on his way to kill Christians and persecute them. Jesus comes and he says, it is hard for you to kick against the goats. He says, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Come on, somebody. You don't want Jesus to show up and say that to you, right? Paul repents and he begins to preach the gospel all over the world and, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. His life was changed because of the word of the Lord in him. You recall a time where the word of the Lord came to you? How it changed your life? 
It changed the course of life. I remember we were, we were, our life was going a completely different direction in 2016 and God begins to speak to you. I have a new path for you. I have a new life for you. And I knew it was a new church. I knew it was C3 at the time. And God brought us here. Look at what God has done. Since the moment we came here and we planted ourselves in the house of the Lord, the Bible says that those that are planted shall flourish in the courts of our God. And we planted ourselves in good soil. Our life has taken on a completely different trajectory. We launched three more businesses. Come on, our life, our marriage is flourishing. Our kids are flourishing. Love the word of God. I ran for office because I was inspired by Pastor Jurgen and his courage. But I'll tell you what, it was the word of the Lord. It was the word of the Lord in me. How many of you are hungry for the word of the Lord? God is always speaking. God is speaking. And it doesn't have to be crazy. So let me give you an example. My, my wife and I, were, we're sitting in our patio and we're, we're praying, we're reading the word. And, and I'm reading the story of, the, of Jesus feeding the 5,000. You remember the story? It was actually like 20,000 people, 5,000 men plus children and, and the wives. So I'm reading and, and you know the story that, that the disciples come and say, hey, the people are hungry. He's like, you feed them. He's like, what do you mean you feed them? There's like 20,000 people. How are we going to feed them? We don't have enough money to go buy food. It's like, just what do you have? So the disciples go, we have five loaves and two fish. Just bring them to me. And then something really interesting happens. Jesus says, okay, just make the groups sit and make the people sit in groups of 50. Just make sure there's order and there's structure. Organize the people, just, and then bring them to me. So then the disciples bring the five loaves and the two fish, and you know what Jesus did. He just began to multiply everything. And then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, I have multiplication for you, but first you got to bring order and structure to your finances. The same way I put the, I made the people just sit down in groups of 50, and then the multiplication came. I said, babe, God just spoke to me. Come here. So we began to talk. This is what we're going to do. The word of the Lord just came to me. We're going to add structure and order to our, to our finances. And we're going to put things in order and watch what God will do. He just promised me multiplication. Two, three days later, we've been, we'd have applied for this loan that would take our business, a new project we had work, we've been working on for the next level. My CPA calls me. He said, um, Marco, you know that loan we applied for? It it actually was just released. The funds are in your account. Of, of course it's coincidence, right? Like, like God has just spoken to me. We made a decision to follow the word of the Lord and then the release happened. That's the word of the Lord. So there's in the New Testament, when you see the word, word, in English, like if you're reading and, 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 and Jesus spoke the word. In fact, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when you see the word, word in the New Testament, uh, there are two Greek words because the New Testament was written in Greek. The first word is logos, which means the written word. And the next word is the rhema word. Rhema, which means the speaking word of God. What I'm talking about is the 
speaking word of God, which is the word for your situation for right now, individually, what God is speaking to you. That's why it's so good to grab the Bible. Like Pastor Jurgen always says, read the Bible. We recommend reading the Bible. It's a good idea. So as you read, you sit down and God will speak to you and will give you a word. He can also speak through dreams and visions. Lorena, where are you at? Lorena has a grace and a gift to interpret dreams. So... And, and it's biblical. God spoke through dreams. And the Bible says in Joel chapter 2 that dreams and visions would come. So, so when, when he pours his spirit upon you so he can speak through dreams, vision, he can give you a word, he can pray, come through someone else that, that prays for you. And of course, when, when someone gives you a prophetic word, it must be tested. But that's the word of the Lord when God speaks to you. It can change everything. It can change everything. How many of you are thirsty for change? How many of you are thirsty for change in your life, your community, come on, your society, come on, culture, come on, government? How many of you want new government leaders that will rule with, with righteousness and honor God? The word of the Lord. So as, as I was studying, I was particularly drawn to the story of Elijah because I heard both Pastor Jurgen and Leanne say a phrase separately around two weeks ago. And they both said the same thing. They said, where are the Elijahs of our time? Where are the Elijahs of our time? And I know they were speaking prophetically because Elijah, in fact, what Elijah went through is very similar what we're, of what we're going through right now. Elijah lived in a time of the rulership of King Ahab. King Ahab was the worst king that Israel ever had. King Ahab brought the, the worship of Baal to the culture of Israel. He married a lady called Jezebel, who was one of the worst ladies in the history of the world because she operated under a controlling spirit. She brought the worship of Asherah. She brought the, a, sexual, a sexualized uh, culture to Israel. There was such perversion in Israel. And here comes Elijah as a prophet to encounter the tyrannical leadership and the, with the worst results in the history of the nation of Israel. Sounds very similar to what we're going through in California. You know, someone said, well, Awaken Church, why are you guys so political? You always talk about politics. Well, politics means the matters of the people. Politics means the matters of the people. Do you think that God is into the matters of the people? Do you think that God wants to put people in authority that will honor him and bring righteousness to a land? that will rule with honor towards God and towards his word and put forth laws and decrees that will, will set us apart as a, as a state and a nation. I'm telling you, we have the worst governor we've ever had in the history of California. And Elijah was going through the same thing. Where are the Elijahs of our time? Elijah had to face darkness and, and the culture of, of sin, and, and, and here he comes. Elijah, with the word of the Lord. The Bible says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours in James chapter 5. 
and that he prayed that it wouldn't rain, it didn't rain, and that he prayed, he prayed that it would rain and it rained again. Although Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, he was a man with the spirit of God on him and the word of the Lord in him. Wherever he went, he showed up with the word of the Lord. I'm telling you, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we can no longer do business as usual. It is time for us to stand up against the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. It is a time for the church to rise up. An awakened church has taken on the mantle of Elijah to preach truth and to speak the truth into our society. When we're speaking, we're setting things in motion. Come on, somebody. Where are the Elijahs of our time? I know God is raising up people all over awakened church. I can tell you how many things people, how many times people have told me, I want to run for office. I want to run for office. And I can see the fire in their eyes because when the word of the Lord comes to you, it changes everything. I was sitting in my office, in my home office, October 2020. And my life is good, really good. I get to eat toast, <laughs> sleep, yeah, in the bed by myself, all of my life. It's fantastic. Who would have thought, you know, 20 years later, Nacho Libre is still relevant today. One of the best movies of all time. My life is really good, really good. But I'm sitting in my office and... I'm watching this video of this senator talking about the freedoms we have in America when it comes to religion. And the word of the Lord came to me. I mean, I could feel it burning in the inside of me. And God said, it's time. It's time. So I went and I ran to Natalie, baby, it's time to run for office. It's time. So let's pray. You know, the rest is history. And just God began to bring people alongside of us. We built a team. We ran for office, came and taken out of five. But you know what? It's just a beginning. It's just a beginning because God is raising people up all throughout. In the kingdom of God, righteous people that honor God, that are unapologetically, come on, about speaking truth. Where are the Elijahs of our time? Said our pastors, I believe it was a prophetic statement to our church, to San Diego, and to California. So Elijah, let's look at the, the definition, the meaning of the name Elijah, because we get to learn a lot from, from his life. Elijah, in the Hebrew, his name is Elijah who? And it means, my God, Jehovah, is he. And Matthew Henry, the theologian, uh, put it this way, that his name means is he is God who sends me and will own me and bear me out. Is he to whom I would bring Israel back and who alone can effect that great work. Listen to the fire in someone's belly for the purpose of God. You have a di we all have different missions, different purposes. 
But it is he who will bear me out. It is he who will cause me to make an impact. It is he. I'm telling you, it, the, moment, the time we live in today as Christians, we can't just be like, okay, I go to church on Sunday and I go home and I feel good about myself. No, it's a time to go home and you seek the Lord and you seek the word of the Lord because God has a purpose and a destiny for right now to influence culture. And God has anointed, I can see prophetically, God has anointed many of us for business in the marketplace and has given you resources and has multiplied you. And you're like, how is it that I have all this money? Because God wants to use you. Where are the Elijahs of our time? Listen, the way Elijah responded to Ahab and Jezebel determined the future of Israel. How, what do you think will happen to our children, our communities, our state, and our nation if we don't take a stand? And be like Elijah and take the courage to fight against the kingdom of darkness. Where are the Elijahs of our time? Elijah shows up. And it's really interesting. In the Bible, you'll see prophets, you know, when they're mentioned, they, they usually tell you their history. You know, he's the son of so-and-so, and he comes from here, and yada, yada, yada. But... When it comes to Elijah, it's different. Listen to the first interaction of Elijah. In uh, chapter 17, verse 1. The first mention of Elijah. As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. He comes with a procl proclamation of drought. And he declares the word of the Lord that was against all of society and all of culture. He didn't care about being canceled. He didn't care about being ridiculed. He didn't care about what people would think about him. He came with the word of the Lord and he said, at, there will not be any rain except at my word. How do you think people responded? Listen, and, and what's interesting is that he came directly speaking towards against the kingdom of darkness because Israel, Israelites believed that Baal was the king, the God of the rain. So he said, there will not be any rain except at my word. How do you think King Ahab responded to that? It was a clear reflection of his leadership. And, you know, the economy was going to go down. I mean, let's, let's be practical here. No agriculture, nothing. No water, no rain. Here comes a drought. But he spoke with such courage because the word of the Lord came to him. And when the word of the Lord comes to you, it gives you strong convictions. And strong convictions give you courage. It's a time in history where we need strong convictions. Never before has it, we faced a time where we've, been, we've had to give an account of what we believe in. Why do you believe in this? Why do you, listen. Gosh. The county supervisors of San Diego want to make San Diego a safe haven for abortion. And listen, if you've gone through that in your life, in your past, just know that God is a merciful God and is a gracious God and God always forgives, always forgives. And I can see prophetically that God is wanting to bring some freedom and release to some of us this morning. I've been really outspoken about my beliefs lately, mainly because I was inspired by Pastor Jurgen. How many of you follow him on social media? 
He's an Elijah of our time. And the responses I get are so hilarious and they make me so mad. But when the word of the Lord comes to you, it gives you strong convictions and strong convictions give you courage. Listen, Elijah had a mission to bring the nation of Israel back to God. What is your mission? And to, for you to fulfill, for us to fulfill our mission, we can't do life as usual. We need strong convictions. Strong convictions. Don't sway to the right or to the left. Don't waver on your convictions. Get a hold of the word of the Lord and stand strong on the word of God. Come on, somebody. Strong convictions produce courage. Elijah had to face his enemy. It was King Ahab. We learned a couple weeks ago or last week when Pastor Jurgen preached that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't, we don't have like physical enemies, although some of us might, but, but we usually don't, okay? We don't have enemies. But we do fight against principalities and powers in the heavens. What is that enemy in your life that God is wanting you to face and to fight? and to defeat. How many of you know that because of the cross of Jesus Christ, come on, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we've already won. We've already won. When, uh, when I first got saved, I was <clears throat> addicted to pornography. It was a spirit of lust in my lineage, if you will. Um, generational curse of just craziness, both mom and dad. Not them per se, but before them. And I, and the Spirit of God came on me, and I had to take a stand. Although we may be a product of generations that have given in to the curses of the spirit of lust and call it whatever it may be. It takes one man and one woman to end a generational curse. For you to take a stand and say enough is enough. I serve a God before whom I stand who's, more strong, who's stronger and more powerful than the spirit of lust. Come on, spirit of depression, spirit of anxiety, spirit of poverty, spirit of sickness. It takes one man and one woman. Where are the Elijahs of our time who will act upon strong convictions and have the courage to face their enemies? I'm so sorry. So right after, right after he declares the word of the Lord and he's like, there's going to be a drought. The word of the Lord comes to Elijah again. And the Lord says, I want you to go to uh, the river Tarish, I think it is, or Sarith. And um, I, I, I'm going to um, have the ravens feed you. So just go. And the Bible says that Elijah acted upon the word of God. And he, he, he shows up and the ravens fed him. I don't know how long it took. Might have been a day, a few days, weeks, years. But he was there. 
and he experienced supernatural provision. The word of the Lord will lead you to a place of supernatural provision. The word of the Lord will lead you to a place of supernatural provision. It's what he does. It's just what he does. You see it all throughout scriptures. Abraham, he said, get out of your country from your family, to, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and you will be a blessing. Nations will come from you prosperity. Isaac, Isaac, uh, Genesis chapter 26, the Bible says that Isaac sowed in the land in a time of famine and the man began to prosper, continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. Deuteronomy 8.18, the Bible says that God gives us the power to create wealth that he may establish his covenant. Jesus shows up on the scene, Malachi chapter 3, and Jesus is on the scene and he multiplies the bread. It's what he does, supernatural provision. Right after he experienced the feeding of the ravens feeding Elijah, the word of the Lord came to Elijah again. And he says, I want you to go to the widow's house. And, and he gives him the place of where she lives. And, and he says, I've commanded her to provide for you. So Elijah again acted upon the word of God. Here we see a pattern. He acted upon the word of the Lord. How many times have God speaking to us? We don't act upon the word of the Lord. How many times God has given you an idea, a thought, and we don't act upon the word of the Lord? What if just on the other side was supernatural provision waiting for you? So let me, let me read this part of, this, of, of the passage where Elijah encounters the widow. 1 Kings 17, 12 through 14 reads, So she said, As the Lord your God lives, so because... Um, Elijah comes and he says, hey, uh, can you give me a cup of water? So she goes, yes. And then Elijah says, can you please give me a, a, a cake? Feed me. And she goes, oh, my Lord. Uh, I, I only have a little bit of flour left in my jar and a little bit of oil. And I've prepared that. I've determined that I'm going to make that for my son and I, and then we will die. So this is this part of the story. Elijah so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a, little, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and go, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, God of Israel. Here comes the word of the Lord. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil will run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Here you see the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord will lead you to a place of supernatural provision. It's what he does. In 2010, my wife and I were just so broke. We, we, you've heard the story before. We, we couldn't afford to pay rent. We lived paycheck to paycheck, but more like paycheck to day 27th. So I'm talking to my mom. My mom had a, a small logistics agency in Tijuana, and she says, hey, I want to retire. She had partnered with a customs broker here in the U.S., and she said, I want to retire. What do I do? I said, well, there's the manager in TJ, maybe my uncle. Um, you guys can work something out. So we ended the conversation. I go upstairs and I'm reading my Bible, Isaiah chapter 60. 
It was a, a passage that God had spoken to Natalie and I. And as I'm reading, the word of the Lord comes to me. And he says, you take it. Son, you take it. it if you've ever heard the word of the Lord, it, it, it does something in you that you cannot explain and you cannot shake. And it may go against any practical sound wisdom, but when the word of the Lord comes to you, you act upon it. Because on the other side of obeying the word of the Lord, there's supernatural provision. So I ran to the computer and I, and I started typing, what is a customs broker? How, how do I get a license? When is the test? Okay. Okay. I said, babe, God spoke to me. The word of the Lord came to me. Got to launch a customs brokerage. I can't remember her reaction. But you know, she's always been so supportive and believed in me. So thank you for that. I want to honor you for that, baby. And I can't tell you, 10 years later, we have experienced supernatural provision. When you act upon the word of the Lord, it's what he does. It's what he does. How, how many of you have ever been to Chick-fil-A? You can't go today because it's closed on Sunday. You, my Chick-fil-A. Like, you can't go on Sundays. But it doesn't matter where you go. You can go to the East Lake one or the Carmel Mountain or Mission Valley or whatever. You get the same experience. You get good chicken nuggets with good Chick-fil-A sauce in a very kind environment. Oh, my pleasure. Thank My, my pleasure. My pleasure. Can I, get a, can I get a lemonade too? Of course. My pleasure. I, I've heard before that if you say my pleasure before them, like you beat them to it. Can I get a lemonade? My pleasure. That they get you a drink, you know. But it, it's just what they do. They, they, it doesn't matter where you go. Their product is really good chicken nuggets in a really kind environment. It's what they do. It's, it's, it's what they do. It's just, it doesn't, you can go anywhere in the nation. It's what they do. There are some things that God does. He just does. It's what he does. One of them is supernatural provision. And I'm telling you, we're getting really close to ending. Listen to how the lady responded, the widow responded. He said, oh my Lord, I, I, I've only had this little much and, and I'm, I'm going to make it and so that my son and I can die. Why did she respond like that? She had never experienced supernatural provision. And I sense under the Spirit of God that some of us here this morning have never experienced supernatural provision. But the Word of the Lord is coming to you right now in the name of Jesus because there's an anointing and a blessing upon awakened church to experience supernatural provision. I've seen it in Rudy. I've seen it in Chris. Is that right, Chris? I've seen it everywhere. So many people. And it's not just for a few. It's for all of us. It's what he does. So she had this limiting belief that she was always going to live in a place of lack. But that's why the Bible says that we renew our minds. Romans chapter 12, by the renewing of our minds. As we renew our minds, we can expect what God can do. And what He does is supernatural provision. Are you with me? The Word of the Lord will produce strong convictions. Strong convictions produce courage. 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 Man, I see the Spirit of God just 
breaking off spirit of intimidation over Awakened Church Eastlake campus. There's a few of us that I've experienced it and I see the spirit of God. I break it off right now in the name of Jesus. In fact, close your eyes. If you're here right now, just raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand all across the auditorium. Come on, just reach out to heaven. God, in the name of Jesus, I just break off the spirit of intimidation that we may walk boldly. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as lions. So God, I pray for the spirit of the lion of Judah to come upon us that we may speak the truth with boldness according to the word of God. And everybody said amen. The word of the Lord will come to you and lead you to a place of supernatural provision. Is that right, Pastor Stacy? Did you not? You just preached a message of supernatural provision, left and right, for months. It's not just for the pastor. It's not just for a few. It's for all of us. But when the word of the Lord comes to you, you must act upon it. It's the obedience that opens the doors for the miracles. It wasn't until they sat in groups of 50 that Jesus multiplied the bread. It's the word of the Lord in you. Then Elijah, the word of the Lord comes to him again. He says, hey, I want you to go to Ahab and declare that the rain is coming. We've heard that before. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. We all love the abundance of rain. I mean, oh my gosh, I've preached on it. It's like, oh my gosh, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And typically everybody just me too you know like we get up and like yes send the rain because the rain is a symbolic for blessing prosperity washing it's good it's good so elijah comes and he declares hey the rain is coming back but before that he dialogues with obadiah and obadiah says they have this really interesting interaction and Obadiah calls for Ahab. And then Ahab looks at Elijah because he'd been looking for him to kill him. And, Obadiah, and Ahab says, oh, here you are, oh, troubler of Israel. Troubler of Israel. Because he had the word of the Lord in him. Oh, you troubler of Israel. Do we not live in the same times today? Oh, you who speak righteousness boldly declaring the word of the Lord oh you troubler of Israel God is looking for troublers of Israel who will stand up in boldness and declare the word of the Lord Elijah goes oh yeah I am the troubler of Israel and I come boldly before whom I stand it is time that we stand before our enemies, that we stand in culture, empowered by the Word of God and the Spirit of God, of God on us and in us to speak truth. So he goes and, and, and then they have a showdown. Remember the sacrifice of that? He says, you bring the prophets of Baal and Asherah. I'll just be myself here by myself because I'm the only one left. And, and, and there's two sacrifices. There's 850 total prophets between Baal and Asherah. And there's just him. And, they, and, they, and he says, okay, pour, put the bowl on, this, on the altar and then put, pour water around him. And whomever, like whatever God sends the fire, it consumes the sacrifice. The Lord, he is God. That's God. And they're like, okay, fair. So the, the, the prophets of Baal start doing all kinds of crazy things. And, and you can read it, which we still see it today, the things they do. And, and they start worshiping and doing all kinds of crazy things. And the fire never showed up. 
Elijah, funny guy, he starts making fun of him. He's like, where's your God? Did he fall asleep? Like, what happened? Good to have a sense of humor. And then Elijah does his thing. says, God. And then the fire just drops, consumes the sacrifice. And everyone says, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Listen to this. We all want the water. We all want the rain. But fire precedes the rain. Watch me. Fire is symbolic for consecration, for holiness, for refining, setting apart, for repentance. I sense the Holy Spirit wanting to set some things in order in our hearts. And we'll end with this. Before Elijah could bring freedom to the nation of Israel he had to deal with the sin of the nation of Israel the first words that Jesus spoke were repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand it's all throughout scripture Joshua before they parted he parted the Jordan River he said consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you holiness in Christianity is a concept that we can't run away from complete surrender to the will of God there's many definitions for holiness but one that I love is reflecting the image of God with our lives as we bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit so I'm gonna pray for us because I believe that God is calling us to a next another level of hearing the sound of the abundance of rain but the fire must come first can I hear an amen so can we all close our eyes and let me just pray for us real quick If you're here this morning and you feel like some of the things I was saying just spoke to you you want to live in a place of supernatural provision you're hungry for courage you want to stand up against the oppressions that we're seeing today in our culture it's all great and we all need to do those things but the very first step is to make things right with God Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you've been here for a while, but you haven't been following with God, walking with God. And God is calling you this morning to make some things right with Him, to repent, to ask for forgiveness, to see the Spirit of God just come and cleanse you and wash over you and give you a new life. If that's you this morning, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to raise your hand very boldly like Elijah with everyone's with their eyes closed, just you and God. Say, that's me. I need to make things right with God. Ready? One two, three. If that's you, just raise your hand all over the place. Keep them up high so we can, so we can pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think there's two more people. If that's you and you feel the Holy Spirit pounding, knocking on the doors of your heart. Listen, 2005, I made that decision and it changed my life forever. Forever. The trajectory of the history of my family changed forever. The future changed forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you put your hands down? Why don't we all stand and let's pray. <clears throat> In fact, 
I want to pray with you. If you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to do something very boldly. And I'm going to ask you to come to the front and be like Elijah and say, enough is enough. I'm taking a stand for my life and for the future of my family, for my community, my society, my city, my state. If that's you, I want you to come to the front. Everybody's going to clap. Come on, let's celebrate. There was a bunch of people raise their hands. Come on, be like Elijah. Where are the Elijahs of our time? If that's you, just come to the front. Hey, come on, let's celebrate like we're celebrating in heaven. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if you feel like God spoke to you, you didn't raise your hand, just come to the front if that's you. There's something powerful that happens when we respond to the word of the Lord. Church, why don't we all pray together? Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you with a humble heart, and I ask you to forgive me. I repent of all my sin, and I say enough is enough. Holy Spirit, come inside of me. Revive me. Show me the way. And Lord Jesus, show me the great plans that you have for me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.